Hey, this is Thinking and Drinking. I'm your host, Bart Almond. Over the last 30 years or so, I've worked for major record companies, working with major artists such as Alabama, the Dixie Chicks, and the Florida Georgia Line. I've also been writing songs for the past 15 years, have over 50 cuts, two number ones, and made a lot of friends along the way. I'm going to be talking to some of those friends about songs, life on the road, and just life in general. I hope you have as much fun as I will. All right, here we are again. You can hear the dogs barking because they, they love live albums. It's and this happens, yes, this happens to be the favorite live album little show with, uh, again, with my brother Brad. Hello. Howdy, howdy. How are you? Great to be here again. Appreciate and it. Isn't it? Isn't it nice? Yes. Do you have anything to say about uh, your favorite live albums? You know, I have not, I don't, as I was going through my live albums, I don't have that many. It was It was probably... I do. <laughs> I know you have more of everything than I have when it comes to music, but wow. I bet I only had maybe 12 or 15 of them or something. I have like 11 Iron Maiden ones. <laughs> just Iron Maiden. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Well, I was just, you know, to me, I was thinking us little middle Nebraska boys didn't get to see very many live bands. Mm-hmm. So live records were kind of our substitution for that until yeah. MTV came along and started showing some concerts and stuff. So, mm-hmm. which is also probably why my list is a little bit older. Yeah, you know, I probably don't have the Blink One Eighty Two live album or <laughs> Marin Morris. You know, oh, but um, shoot, you just stole one of mine. Uh, sorry. Anyway, as always, it's more than five, but uh, anyway, mm-hmm. this is just a list. I think we should change it to our favorite our, instead of top five, unless it's yeah. like really top five, like top five favorite Band-Aids. Well, mine is a Band-Aid, so yeah. there you go. Anyway, all right, what's your first one? Well, I'm going to start, again, this was a time in life when music was so exciting, 1980, 81-ish. And I'm going with Journey. Nice. Captured. And Oh man, I totally forgot about that. That's a great record. It is. That's the main thing. Yeah. There's so many great songs. Yeah, it's a greatest hits just it's, because of who the band is. It's the greatest hits. Yep. And you can sing and have fun to every song. And I think it's the only place where Dixie Highway was ever recorded. <laughs> I had that one written oh, down. Sorry. It's one of my no, that is one of the favorites. Yep. Walks like a lady, uh, which is a great blues song. Yeah. La Du Da. Oh yeah. That goes into one of my favorite all time drum solos with Steve Smith, one of my all time favorite drummers. Yeah. I copied that solo uh for three decades <laughs> and used parts of it whenever I had an occasion to use it. But yes. I got uh, a tremendous drum lesson from Steve Smith, uh, just really enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, Journey Captured, I just think yeah. every song is great and fun. It's more of a pop almost album. Yeah, there's a lot of pop hits on there, but still, well, there were bands so like many of them. Them and even like Bon Jovi, I always thought were just big pop <laughs> songs with heavy guitars. Yes, like if the Beatles would have used Marshalls. 
that would have yeah. kind of been that sort of mm-hmm. band. You know, lots of harmonies and lots of yes. hooks, but they had yeah. Neil Sean in there. He's just one of the most yes. amazing guitar players of all time. Yep, love that band. That's a good one. Good That's one. a good one. Thank you. Well, mine is from 1979, and it is Queen Live Killers, because I... I still listen. I still think that's the best live album of all time, and I never got to see him live. But I never, and also I could never figure out. Being nineteen seventy nine, I was fifteen. Couldn't figure out the multi layering production process or Brian May's use of delay on his guitar to achieve that choir effect, which was just unbelievable. The songs and everybody's performances were just awesome. I mean, obviously, Freddie Mercury is, they're all still legends. But uh, I've seen all the recorded footage. I've heard all the live albums. But this is the one that started for me as far as Queen goes. So, Queen Live Killers. What else you got? It's a good one. I am, I'm going to Dream Theater. Nice. Uh once in a lifetime, nineteen ninety-eight. So, a little bit more recent, but they had had a, a, quite a few albums under their belt by that yeah. time. <laughs> but it's a it's a great variety of songs. I think. Yeah. I think the second or third song is called "Everyone's Favorite Puppies on Acid." Oh yeah. It's uh, kind of like Metallica, kind of a machine gun sixteenth note bass drum work going on there. And then uh, possibly one of my favorite keyboard solos in my life, Derek Sherinian on piano, and then it goes into that, nas- to me, some of the nastiest sound and scariest sounding organ mm-hmm. synthesizer stuff I've ever heard. Since the Go-Go's. Since the Go-Go's. <laughs> Nailed it. So that was still I mean, Portnoy, right? Yeah, definitely yeah. Portnoy. Well, I mean, I knew that. What I meant was, uh, have they ever done a live album with Mike Mangini? I don't think so. I don't think so either. But they, yeah, the the organ solo going into those huge, big power chord progression into lines in the sand. Yeah. Uh, the drum solo isn't, I, I wouldn't say it's quite my favorite Portnoy. It's, it's good. It's a, just a ton of notes. It's just uh, good. But then he goes into some more beats at the end, some more beats that the, the yeah. common man can maybe grasp, like myself. But just great songs there, Caught in a Web, Lie, Petrucci's gar- guitar solo is just uh, bewildering again. Yeah. And Pull Me Under, which is one of my favorite songs from the Awake album. Oh, which is their hit. Yeah. It, yeah. So. Now, I always thought that uh, Portnoy was like a lead drummer. Mm. Like lead guitar player, because yeah. half the yes. time he was standing up, yes. talking to the crowd. It's kind of a frontman drummer. And again, just super musical drummer. You know, like, yes. probably would have not been the best drummer for Motorhead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they yeah. kind of needed a little bit more musical. But yeah. Good yeah, he choice. definitely set the tone and the tempo. Yeah. Took it various places within different songs. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Good one. All right. <clears throat> My second one is Molly Hatchet Double Trouble oh, Live. Nice. 
And uh, I really miss this band. There's not even one original member alive anymore. Wow. And yet, of course, they still do her. <laughs> but this album to me, which was uh, recorded in a parking lot in Dallas, Texas, uh, showed us how heavy these guys could be with like, uh, ain't gonna boogie no more. Mm. And then they could take Greg Allman's masterpiece, Dreams I'll Never See, and just make you cry and wow. all points in between and Danny Joe Brown. And I mean, they called him the Florida Guitar Army. And it's like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> And uh, as we know from earlier programs here, that that was our first big concert we went to together. So that was. Yes. But yeah, any bands like those guys anymore? And I wish there was. I love them. Yes. But little little Molly Hatchet there. Man. Awesome. But, Speaking of concerts that we went to together, I'm yes. going to throw us into the world of jazz music. This is Stan Kenton. Oh, yes. Live in Europe. And I think you and I, Dad took yep. us to that in 76, maybe. I don't know. Definitely before high school. 77, maybe. Uh, Stan Kenton was legendary yeah. in a lot of ways. Of course, he started way back in the 40s, but killer, amazing brass arrangements. Uh, he was kind of the rock of the big band music at that time. He kind of had a lot of bombastic, yeah. loud notes and off crazy thick chords. And he was kind of shunned at that time by the swing band world and critics of that time. Everybody should, is supposed to sound like Glenn Miller oh. or Buddy Goodman. Well, he didn't really go down that road he was buddy goodman benny goodman's brother benny goodman <laughs> <laughs> buddy was shunned as well buddy was his shunned twin. out of existence <laughs> yeah most of most of it was arranged by stan but later on a lot of the band members did some arranging and uh, and stan gave credit to a lot of his musicians did he have just a band full of superstars, or did he have like the Buddy Rich kind of up and coming? It was drill it into you kind of way. I think it was both. See, he yeah. did a lot of teaching, a lot of clinics at colleges, and he would grab some of the best of the college oh, yeah. kids and, and invite them into the band. But yet, towards the end, he had like a band of all stars. Yeah, too. he was basically pro progressive jazz. Uh, I do want to read a quote. This is from Metro, Metronome Magazine. Nice. 1948. And the, uh, the writer says, Kids are going haywire over the sheer <laughs> noise of this band. There is a danger of our entire generation growing up with the idea that jazz and the atom bomb are essentially the same natural <laughs> phenomenon. So he was pushing the envelope. He must have been out there on the edge, really yes. pushing it. And he was, he'd have, he'd have concerts with 15,000 people back Man. in the late 40s, 50s. They said he was the first band on the, in jazz to reach a million dollars of annual revenue. That's 1948. Hmm. What would that be in today's dollars? I don't know, but. More. Anyway, I always loved Stan Kenton and yeah. the brass and the arrangements and the unique way he did did stuff. That's cool. Yeah. That's a good one. I, I don't have that on my list. Not on your list. Okay. <laughs> Got it. 
<laughs> the next one is going to be Van Halen. Yes. And uh, you either put right here, right now with Sammy from 1993 in there, mm-hmm. or just Van Halen Live with Dave in 2015. And uh, I think Sammy was the one when Van Halen was probably the biggest, baddest band in the world. I mean, they were just crushing everything. And then Dave was always like Hunts Hall and the Bowery Boys, sense of humor, always there. But Sammy's voice and range and songs and melodies were just crazy. And I love them both, and I was lucky enough to see them both a couple times. I sure wish they had about six or seven more albums of material to choose yeah. from. I feel like they wasted years and years and years of, I don't know what they were doing, fighting yeah. or drinking or whatever, but I wish they would have made some more records. But the ones we have are just always milestones. But those, both those live albums, to me, are just great. And I don't know how, how live they are, but I love them. Yeah. So I looked at that one. That one would be on my... Very short list, also. No Which doubt. one? The, just the Van Halen live with Sammy. Sammy, yeah, yeah, it's good. They were big, yeah. and just the the tones were huge, and everybody was playing great. You know, Alex mm. seems to get a lot of stick nowadays for not being a great drummer, and yeah. I just thought he was killer. Especially, yeah. I mean, for that band, there wasn't a yeah. better drummer in the world. But anyway, so that's Van Halen. <laughs> it's got to be on. Well, I'm going to shoot out there with Rush. <laughs> and this, obviously Rush was one of my favorite bands ever. Yeah. Uh, both the drumming and just everything about it. Yeah. I never did see them, which I'm still sick to my stomach. But uh, thankfully they've got several live records. I picked Live in Rio. Nice. 2003. Uh, for several reasons. I thought the song list was a great mixture of new and old at that time. And to pull off a show in South America that's that big, I thought, I read a couple of statistics. One of them was they have 40,000 people at that show. Yeah, there's a film about that. It's pretty cool. Gosh. That'd be a little scary. Yeah. To have uh, a crowd that big that, is that rambunctious? You got those soccer crowds of yeah. South America and almost got they, rained out. Rained out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the first song, I mean, they just come out with a big power Tom Sawyer. That's the first song. Yeah. Just hit you right in the head. And they've got, <laughs> I think I remember right, they've got washing machines. Well, I mean, that depends on what tour you're talking Which about. Tour? I thought it was Rio, but maybe not. I don't remember either. But anyway, uh, yeah, Rush in Rio, 2003. That's got to make my list. Well, I'm going with Rush as well. Yes. And these guys, if I count it right, have 11 live albums. Great. And I think I have <laughs> most of them. I got to see them <laughs> twice, but I think I've seen all the concert videos and movies. And this is crazy hard. I mean, I'm I'm wadding a bunch of them into this. Yeah. One, 
the first one, I think, is Exit Stage Left from 1981. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huge songs, huge guitars, huge production. Just so over the top to make it yeah. brilliant. It was awesome. And then, yeah, Russian Rio in 2003, Snakes and Arrows Live mm-hmm. 2008, and then uh, Time Machine in 2011. Nice. And, I mean, it's just so hard to choose. But, yeah, on stage they have had... Laundry dryers, popcorn machines, mm-hmm. chicken rotisseries, all sorts of steampunk stuff. Then the last tour, they were they started off super complex and kind of went back in time. So by the end, they were sitting up there with amps on chairs, and that was about it. Great. But I remember the first time I saw them, I think it was the first time I saw them, they had the washing machines, and one of the lighting guys that I knew, his wife was coming out and changing, put T-shirts in yes. washers and dryers and stuff, and then throwing the dry ones out to the crowd, <laughs> and it was fun. But they're just such a you know hardworking band, and the intro movies and everything were always just so great and imaginative, and they were, for such a serious band, they were also never afraid to make fun of themselves. You know, yep. they, they never seemed to take themselves too seriously. So, yeah. Gotta love some Rush. Oh, man. Hard to say enough. Although we've tried. We've tried. You're well, up. The last one I listed, or first, I guess, I got to have Toto in there. Yep. So I, this one's hard, too, because they've got a lot of great live ones. But I picked Live Fields, because mm-hmm. that was, uh, I guess some of it is, you know, what like we talked about, attaching memories to. Yeah. Things I think you and I saw them in Vegas. Was that oh three or something? Maybe. No, it wasn't that long ago because I was still married. I mean, I'm I was married to Amy when we went. Okay. Well, anyway, this was nineteen ninety nine. Live Fields was Live Fields. Yeah, maybe it was two thousand three. I don't know. Uh, anyway, still the band. You know, you got you see got Robbie Kimball. You got Mike Picaro on bass. Of course, Luke and Pace, Simon Phillips, Bobby Kimball. Bobby Kimball. What did I say? Robbie. Oh, okay. That's his brother. <laughs> but it was right after Minefields, which yeah. I love that record. Yeah. And, you know, this was a time of life, late 90s. You and I are both, we're just digging into our careers deep. We're both traveling like crazy. And at that time, I had the, the three kids were... At, at home, and I was doing a lot of traveling. You're always trying to balance the work and the marriage and this relationship with God. And so thankful for the kids and Beth at home, and and just kind of that weight of responsibility that, yeah. at that time of our lives. And you were killing it. You were tearing it up in the radio promotion business, and at that time, and and I didn't. That was before texting, so we didn't get it. Yeah, it wasn't like we were texting every other day or every right. week like we do now. But we only talked on the phone once in a while, and and at that time too, the music was so exciting. Still, I yeah. thought Toto was cranking out some of the best stuff, and you you showed me them, but um, but I was still soaking up every note of every song. Yeah, but you know, during the career and the traveling. I was missing you some too, so this was kind of a connection yeah. to you, and we've ended up getting to see them together. Yep, and I've I've seen them another time too. But so 
Yeah, Toto Live Fields. And you were always asking me, this was also a time in the life when I actually started thinking of playing, actually playing guitar. Yeah. So I bought that little electric guitar, and you were always asking me, showing me stuff whenever we were together. Yeah. So that whole time of life was great, and music was great. And, and this was also Toto. still that time before <laughs> satellite radio and YouTube and stuff where yeah. it wasn't so accessible, so it was still right. super special. Yes. Now exactly. it's like it's almost too accessible. It's almost too many ways to find music. I don't know how anybody becomes yeah. a star anymore. But Yep, good point. All right. Yep. <clears throat> That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm going to go with Iron Maiden. Because I think they've got 14 live albums, and I think, if I counted right, I have 12 of them. Because there was two, one with Ripper Owen and one with, no, not Ripper, Blaze Bailey. I know I didn't have that one. And then there was two during the Capitol years that were pretty much the same, so I got one of those. But there's also a couple of different lineups as far as guitar players, so that changes Mm -hmm. things a bit. But I just love this band. They just keep yeah. going and going and going. And we've seen them together once. Twice. Twice. Yeah. And uh, I've seen them, I know, at least one other time. But right now, my faves in the live department are, first and foremost, Live After Death from 1985. Mm. It was filmed in Long Beach on the Power Slaves tour, I think. <laughs> Best liner notes ever. They listed how many, uh, how many, um, shoot, what am I trying to say? How many guitar strings they used, drumsticks they used, how many beers they drank. It was just a list, grocery list of stuff that was pretty awesome. And then I got to see them the first time in Lincoln, Nebraska at Mm. Pershing Auditorium. Wow. With Lanny Smith. Yes. We went on my birthday. I don't know why you didn't go. You you're oh, probably yeah. doing something stupid like studying or something studying. for a degree. Anyway, that was for the tour after the uh Peace of Mind album. Yes. I didn't know much about them. I'd heard one or two songs on the radio and they kind of scared me. And I went and they just killed me. Just I like, think the Peace of Mind you turned me on to him about then. Was that yeah. was about 83, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. That was a heck of an album. Yeah. Yeah, man. That and Number of the Beast, and I mean, all those. Yeah. But, uh, and uh, I really had no idea what was coming. So that live album was yeah. awaited for, to say the least. Anyway, then I have to put in there Flight 666 because mm-hmm. it's such a great album and it was what a great concept and it was recorded all over the world with Bruce flying Ed Force One, which is the yes. Boeing 767. And you watch that film and you see some of those stages are, like in India, the stage is like bamboo and plywood and they're playing to 250,000 people at some, Jeez. you know, and uh, it's just unbelievable, man. The, the stuff... They've seen yeah. the places they've played. It's just, I mean, I don't think anybody's ever done more touring into crazy places than those guys have. Yeah, you're right. And then, then they flew the 760, 747, I mean, and Bruce flew that. Wow. And it's just insane. I don't know. It's, it's yep. crazy. But, but I also have a list of ones I didn't put on the list. <laughs> okay. 
Do you have any more? Or do you want me to go here? I don't. Well, Leonard Skinnerd, I believe they have between compilations and live TV shows and everything, about 25 live albums. And my two faves are one more from the road from 1976 with Ronnie Van Zant, And that got me through junior and senior high. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, me and Kelly Ridland used to listen to oh, yeah. that a lot. And that was a great record. And then on down the road, live from Steeltown, which yes. you said you just listened to the other day. Yep, that would have been on my top ten or yeah. whatever for sure. And that's got Johnny Van Zant, and they're yep. both great records, showing that they both belong in that band. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just got to see them not too long ago. So, great. and then obviously Ozzy, duh. I think he has five or six live albums, but. Uh, my faves are Tribute from 1987, which was the all Randy Rhodes live record, wow. which is still amazing because I didn't get to see him live. I was going to go see him in Omaha, but it was on a Sunday, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so it was hard for us to go see shows on Sundays because we had to drive all the way back yeah. and be at school on Monday, which was our deal with mom and dad. You can go, but you got to go to school on Monday, yeah. and then like, Four weeks after that show, the airplane crash happened, and he was killed, so I never got to see him. But that was that. Was that. And then also, uh, Live at Budokan from 2002 with Zach, and I've seen Zach a bunch in wow. different maturations of that band, but that was just... And the film of that concert also is still just crazy, just... And his respect for Randy Rhodes. I mean, he played every solo note for note for note, and it was just great. And those are chocked full of guitar goodness and great songs. Then I put Cheap Trick on here, (laughs) one of my favorite bands ever. I think they have nine live albums, and I only have like six of them. I just love that band. And then, I can't believe you didn't say this, Yeah, ZZ Top. Because the back half of Fandango, yes, and I know we listened to that, oh yeah, a billion times. Yep, but that was man, that was fun to watch that band get old and crusty. No kidding. (laughs) But but yes, the the second half is live. Right, second half is live. Yeah, Yeah, first half had Blue Jean Blues and stuff on it. Was studio stuff. (laughs) I was always glad they did that because that was another band that. I don't ever remember being able to see them until, I mean, I know we went and saw them at Pershing, I think yeah. in Lincoln, but that was during like El Loco or something. It was way after that already. I don't yeah. even remember. But I that, think I've seen them four times. Yeah. I don't Three. know how, how many times I've seen them a bunch, but anyway, then you're right, Toto. They have yeah. nine live CDs. Nine. And I think I have eight. <laughs> and they're just some of the best players in the world, no matter who's yeah. in the band. Yeah. And then they have Pink. Uh, I put Pink Floyd on here just because mm-hmm. I got to see them once, and it's it's pretty spectacular. I bet. But then the police had a couple live records that were great. Yeah. Uh, Judas Priest, I have five of their live records. <laughs> And they they always knock it out of the park. We got to see them a year or so ago, yeah. or two years ago. Then I saw them a year ago. But yep. and then yes, last but certainly not least, Dream Theater. Yeah. 
and <laughs> I have five again. <laughs> See, I yeah. like live records. Yeah. Including, and this is what didn't even come to me until again way late. Scenes from New York, which was recorded yeah. on August thirtieth in two thousand at one of my favorite venues, the Roseland Ballroom in New York City, and I was there. Yes. And uh, I had a band you got name. Got me a T-shirt. Yes. That. But not myself. So see, that's how selfless <laughs> well, I am. You can borrow it if you want. <laughs> but I had a band named Yankee Gray up there at the point. At that point, and we played the de- that day on the steps of the World Trade Center. Wow. For WYNY, we always did a show at noon. I had Yankee Gray up there one time. I had the Dixie Chicks up there one time, and which is just pretty crazy. Then, of course, to see it get bombed and where we all played was gone. But. Yeah, I did the show for Y&Y, and then we hopped on the subway and went to the venue and saw this show, and I guess I should have put it on the list, but anyway. Well, I was trying to decide between that and Rio. Not Rio, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one did I say? I don't remember. But yeah, that was definitely up up there. Scenes from a Lifetime or something like that? Once in a Lifetime. Once in a Lifetime, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they're both... And the movie they made from uh, Scenes from New York was always awesome. Too. Really? They did one, didn't they do a live album with a symphony orchestra? I Probably. Or at least half of an album or something. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah. But anyway, well, that's it. That's live records. That's a lot of live Man. music. I'll have to borrow some from you. I I've sold them all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, well, thanks, man. Yes, this has been good, fun. Yes. Good fun. You could also Appreciate put like uh, Live at Folsom Prison with Johnny Cash and oh, yeah. Buck Owens had a great live album, some of those kind of stuff. But these probably formed our childhood mm-hmm. a little bit more. Yep, those are the big big formation yeah. bands that we listen to. Lots of guitars and lots of drums. Yes. All right, well, let's go eat some pizza. <laughs> Absolutely, thanks. Man. All right, thanks, dude. Bye. Bye.